Hey Logo Geeks, Ian Padgett here and on this week's episode I'm going to be chatting with Radim Malinich to find out how he discovered his personal brand. But before we get into the interview, I want to give a shout out to FreshBooks who has sponsored this season of the podcast. FreshBooks is an online accounting tool that simplifies tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses and getting paid online. Now, as a freelancer, time is money, so it's certainly a platform worth trying. You can give it a go with a free 30-day trial, and you can find out just by heading over to freshbooks.com forward slash Logo Geek, and be sure to enter Logo Geek in the How Did You Hear About Us section. I'd also like to give a second shout out to my friends Preston and Ryan, who I co-host on a podcast called Side Gig, which is a show dedicated to real talk on what it takes to build a thriving side hustle. Now, this is the podcast that gave me the confidence to start out on my own. And I'm really proud to announce that we have just released a third season. And you can find that just by heading over to logogeek.uk forward slash side gig and side gig is spelled s-i-d-e-g-i-g now as mentioned on this week's podcast i'm chatting with radim malinich an award-winning freelance creative director graphic designer and keynote speaker based in london through his personal brand brand new radim has been working with some of the biggest brands in the world with clients including nike harry potter london film museum sprite and WWF, just to name a few. I first got to know about Radin when he released volume one of his book, Book of Ideas, which is essentially a collection of his work over the years, along with a journal of his thoughts and advice as a designer. After flicking through this book, I was simply blown away. Radim's work is absolutely stunning. I'd go as far as saying that he's probably one of the best designers I know, And he's just released a volume two and the work in that is just as amazing. It's real benchmark work and is honestly the type of work that I would love to do. So I'm going to keep working hard so that I can be on par with his work one day. In this interview, we learn about Radim's origin as a designer and we deep dive into how he discovered his personal brand, how he promotes his business to attract big clients and more about his book too. It's a fascinating discussion, so I hope you all enjoy this as much as I did. So let's jump straight into this. Here is the interview with Radim Malinich. Here today, you run a hugely successful design business. Um, you've worked with some of the world's biggest brands. You've released best-selling books, and uh, you also talk around the world, world, like inspiring people. Can you give us an overview of your background and and how you got to where you are now? Wow! Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is always quite a daunting question because I, I, I wish my answer could be really sort of simple and straightforward, but I, I I was lost for a very long time and not particularly sort of like off, off, not off a straight and narrow. I was lost in a way that I didn't fit that profile of someone who's very sort of motivated or who's who's got that sort of goal in sight. Um, I always wanted to do lots of different creative things and I always felt that there would be um, 
that would be like sort of that sort of that, that answer to to the question when people ask me so what do you want to be in life and and i wanted to be an, when i was little well sort of i don't know eight nine i wanted to be an ice hockey player and I went to learn and went to sort of join the local ice hockey, ice hockey team, ice hockey team in Czech Republic where I used to live. Um, when I was early teenage in my early teenage years, I wanted to be a rock star, and <laughs> um, yeah, it was quite fun. And I was very much like into the sort of tribalism of music. I was into um, sort of everything from heavy metal and and, and more gorea, and. Um, then I formed a band with my friends, uh, just like my bandmates. So I decided to DJ, to become a DJ. I wanted to be a superstar DJ. But then again, it was fine. But I was at neither of those things. I was great. I was, I would say, distinctly average to uh, you know, above average. It was not something that I've been doing for you know for for, for the rest of my life because it, it was just okay. So I sobered up. Um, when I was in my DJ years, so I thought, I need to finish my higher education. So I got a degree in economics, which is very polarizing to what I was doing at that time. But I was good at maths, so I did that. And I, um, in my early 20s, I moved to England from Czech Republic. I moved to England purely for the purposes of being closer to the music because at that time, internet was a thing, but it wasn't great. So I... Um, yeah, I just moved here because I wanted to be closer. I wanted to be in the record stores where all the good stuff that I was listening to or tried to listen to was, was stored. And um, I got fascinated with graphic design. I had little entries, like sort of a little sort of, what's the word? A little flirting with design in my sort of teenage years, making gig posters and demo tape covers. You know, this is, this is still before <laughs> CDs or like when, when music was distributed on tapes. And I, and I did that little bit of, of, of design uh, for the band and for, for myself because there was nobody else really wanting to do it and nobody else really was kind of knew how to do it. So I, I got into design that way. And when I when I found myself in, in the UK, in London, I, I, I was all of a sudden like as if you put me in the middle of a Disneyland. I was just like, well, wait a minute. This is the exciting part. This this is this is what it is. You know, this 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 is what I wanted to be on my life. And um, yeah, I did. I perfectly didn't know what I wanted to be in life, but I knew I wanted to live in London. There was something that was just like a sort of magnet to try to get me to be here. So I got a very crappy job in a in a printing shop, <laughs> uh, literally like one of those corner shops when do they do like they print t-shirts and and flyers and and it's all very low key. And I got a job there as a junior. Then after a couple of years there, I went to get a job in a, like a design company and I made it from a junior to senior in two, two, two and a half years. And that was forming my idea of what I really wanted to be. Like I, I, I discovered that through working with people who didn't really give too much shit about good design, I, I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to really care about every single piece of work that I care, uh, that, that, that I was working on. I wanted to do the best possible work because... I found myself in, in, a, in, a, in a sort of normal scenario of, of design practice, I found myself very limited because my very first boss told me that um, I should make things look pretty because the clients didn't pay enough for it. And That's I thought, crazy. are you kidding me? Like, I thought, well, well this, is, this is what I wanted to do. And, and somebody tells me this. I mean, he was old and grumpy. He wasn't particularly a, a good designer. 
and he was running a business. And uh, I, I realized at that point that I don't want to run a, in the future, I don't want to run a creative business which is based on profit or is it based on money alone. I don't want to be you know, doing work that I, I hate that um, would keep the lights on, but it would be you know, very soul-destroying. So from that sort of point onwards, I think this is about, about 12 years ago, I knew I wanted to deliver the best possible work all the time. And that's kind of where I started. I mean, it was a sort of slightly sort of bumpy road with all sorts of <laughs> twists and turns. But uh, that's kind of from from nowhere to the beginning of brand new. Mm-hmm. I find that really interesting because um, your background is actually quite similar to mine um, because I started in a print finishing company. <laughs> so you've got some similarities there. Now, I, yeah. I wanted to talk about uh, the personal branding side of things because one thing I noticed about you is that you've, over the last few years, you've been able to establish quite um, a successful personal brand for yourself, you know, with your website um, and, and your books. And um, I know with the the Facebook group that I run, there's quite a lot of people that really struggle with um, personal branding. So I, I wanted to ask you, from your experience, what advice can you give to help designers get started with their personal brand? That's, I mean, that's quite daunting because the best way to do personal branding is pretty much to be yourself. And it, and it takes us as humans, it takes us a long time to be comfortable in who we are. Because we all have our personas on the outside telling people, or, or um, you know, we, we all act like a somebody, not, not necessarily like somebody else, but you know, like when you meet someone, you don't particularly feel confident and you sort of, you, you have to make yourself be seen in public or be seen in the crowd. So you kind of put on the persona of being somebody else. And I think sometimes people do this in their design careers. They, they take on something that they believe would help themselves to be, you know, understood or appreciated or, acclaimed and when you see sort of such big personalities for example like my friend Aaron Draplin or um, Johnny Cupcakes you know those are big personalities and you think crikey like and I know and I know of grown designers not even at their beginning of the career like in the middle of their careers now who really get still kind of confused and who they want to be and what they want to create and they see people like Draplin and they try to emulate it because they feel they have to have something whereas the, the the truth is that you are only like as, as as you are comfortable with your work, you kind of you become comfortable with yourself, and you you got you got better sort of perspective of of who you who you want to be, because for many years, I mean, I've been doing this for 15, 15 years, I'm only just getting I feel like I'm only just getting started after this sort of practice period of of working on who I am or what I stand for, that. I don't have to be anybody else. Aaron didn't wake up to be Aaron or, you know, Lance Wyman didn't wake up. He didn't wake up and say, right, who can I be? You know, I really like, well, Guy Smart or <laughs> one of somebody else. Like those people kind of follow their own track and just literally think, okay, I am who I should be. And this is, this is the kind of thing. I mean, I, yeah, I knew what my personal philosophy was, but when it comes to personal branding, it only had to be, I, only, I felt like it was only possible to be, well, fully me and now becoming more eccentric me <laughs> because <laughs> I don't really give a shit what people think, you know. Uh, I know I do things differently. I know I've got a different accents. I've got, you know, non-matching color trainers. You know, one is red, one is green. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, like I, I just I just grew to embrace it because 
what stopped me from being me before being a more sort of a more prominent personality or having more prominent branding was literally me fearing what people might think. So yeah, it took it took a long time to mature as a, in the sense of a sort of design and presence, but I had to live the the experience, and that gave me an understanding of what what that could be. So, do you feel like your personal brand has has basically come out come through like a, a process of almost like growing up, you know, like finding who you are and and what you want to do with your life, and then based on that, that that's where it's kind of stemmed from. I would say so. Yeah, I would say so because I. I think my sort of my obsession with English language and English life and English music, I kind of, I wanted to initially kind of blend in with the environment, you know, I thought, well, I'll, I'll learn the best possible English and try to get a best possible English accent and kind of just, just, I don't know, be, be more sort of like everybody else. And if that makes sense, you know, I've just, that's because I, I didn't want to stick out in a way because I, I had I had lots of well, I had only English friends when I moved to England and I, that was my way of life. But the more and more I embraced that the part of my 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 persona, which is like extraordinary in a way, like I, I've got a foreign accent, I've, I've got a very strange name, and that's fine. I mean, it's just embracing it. Just I'm realizing that who cares, you know, somebody. Somebody posted this amazing tweet the other day saying, <clears throat> excuse me, that it took them 40 years to embrace themselves and, and to really you know, realize that people, you know, that we, try to, we try to be someone so the others, uh, no, we, we sort of we blend with the others, but nobody's really watching. Nobody's really paying attention who we are because everyone's looking at themselves. So it's definitely a part of growing up and being more comfortable with, many different things even outside professional life that's where yeah that that's where it all kind of stems from so writing books now i yeah i, I agonizingly wrote the first book because i was worried about what people might be thinking i was like oh when somebody reads this chapter would they like it what would they think would they judge me on it and it's this process of like first first branding like when you make your first logo for yourself or when you make your first commission, you know, it feels so daunting because you think, well, either you've got an imposter syndrome and you're like, right, uh, why am I doing this? Who should be doing this? Am I doing it right? Or you're a bit of a huh, psychopath and you go like, well, this is the best thing ever <laughs> because I just created it. But somewhere down there, even like that sort of that, that was not that sociopath kind of route, you still have someone who's very unsure because you haven't, you haven't had that experience of, going a whole nine miles, you know, like creating something from nothing, delivering it, getting it approved, you know, get, having something. And that kind of, I think, applies to personal brand because it's okay to wait in a way. Uh, I Luckily, I didn't know that I was I, I was on a way to create a personal brand or I, I that there were big personalities in the world who I was not. Some some people tried to match because no one, no one's giving you a deadline to have it. You know, no one says you have to be someone and that very prominent someone. And yeah, I think I, f- I feel sometimes there's a bit undue pressure on, on the up and comers and new designers who feel that they have to be someone quickly. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite thankful that you um, brought all of this up and as part of personal branding because I know people just struggle with it, and I, I, I think like from my 
own experience, the the Logo Geek brand has basically developed fairly organically, and um, I don't feel like I've done anything that intentional. Um, but mm. I've had people approach me like in the last two years saying, "Ian, you've got a really strong strong brand." Um, and, and I'm like, well, really? <laughs> I'm just literally just being myself, doing what I enjoy and, you know, with, with each kind of iteration of the identity, I guess, it's, it's kind of injecting a little bit more of uh, myself because when, when I first did a logo, I kind of did it based on how I wanted to be perceived and, and now mm. I've updated it so it's a little bit quirkier because, I, I mean, let's face it, I am a nerd. I my desk is covered with i've got pop figures i've got dinosaurs i've got um a part here where i'm model making clay you know it's like why not like inject a little bit of that personality into what i'm doing and it's fantastic um you know do the podcast and stuff like that so i i think all of the advice that you you given then is is um is amazing and i I think it will help people kind of understand they just need to just give some time and let it develop organically and and not try to try to force things too much i i I feel like on that on that note if i may add just one thing it's just i think i do see people on 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 various groups on facebook where they start making logos for themselves like oh i've got three ideas What, what does everyone think and my first well my first thought that comes to my mind is there's have you not done your research yet? <laughs> because if you went to Google Images and typed in MK logo, you would get exactly seven of these ideas that you've just created. Create not that somebody's done it once before. Like I mean, I, I just believe like Google Images is the first validator of an idea. But that's the problem because what you're doing, you're creating a logo for yourself. You've got no restraints. You've got no limitations. You the the the, the not the world is wide open. The door is wide open, and it could be anything. And I have. I can truly say that in the last fifteen years, I have I, I, I've basically never had a logo. I just found a typeface that I really liked, and I just typed in "brand new." <laughs> that was it. Because my first and foremost purpose of what I'm doing is is to create things for other people. Is to create living and working solutions that people can use and really fight it out and just kind of make something out of nothing. And that is what created my, well, as we call it here, personal brand. But it was not intentional. Like I, I was like everything that that is what I do is is, is the pieces of work. It's just that little mosaic yeah. of, of my folio. Yeah. That that's what creates my brand. I don't have that particular, you know, uh, stamp and go say this is my logo or this is me. Or I'm pushing that. I just feel like it's the breadth and wealth of my portfolio. And the things that I do that that kind of date takes a must to it mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that kind of stems me on to um another question around personal branding so I, I guess what we've been talking about primarily is kind of like your ethos and um you know how you come across how people perceive you um so mm-hmm. one one thing one physical thing that a lot of people think about is what they're going to call themselves and you've come up with brand new can I can I ask where that Came, kind of came oh, from the origins of that oh, name fantastic story <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah i mean if uh, i mean if, <laughs> i can't you know some people go i mean my, my friend my friend chuck anderson who goes under the name of no pattern he um i think he once said like yeah i made one good decision and that was registering no pattern.com because that kind of worked with him all the time and and sometimes we are lucky making good decisions Sometimes we are lucky that you know that it works. Sometimes it just doesn't. So 
I the, the story of Brandy goes to I don't know my I don't know fifteenth birthday or sixteenth birthday when I was learning English and somebody said like oh this is brand new and I'm like what is, why is it brand new brand new and I just I always loved the, those two words put together like brand new um, I came to England um, a friend of mine was a music producer and he produced a track called Brand New. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. And I listened to lots of um, a genre called New Jazz, and it was spelled N-U Jazz. So I was like, oh, this brand new thing could be spelled brand N-U. This is fun. And um, at that time, I was a more successful DJ uh, than I was a successful designer. So I wanted to run a club night uh, called Brand New. And a friend of mine told me that uh, no one will come to a night called Brand New. <laughs> he says, no one will come to that. But luckily, I was getting better at my design work than, <laughs> than I didn't expect it. So I just thought, you know what? I, um, I opened uh, a copy of Design Week, which used to be printed at that time. And there were design studios that had just almost nonsensical names. Like there was a, there was a studio called Ice Cream for Free. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there was something else. And I'm like, wow, this sounds cool. Why do I need, like, why would I need a word design in, uh, in, my, um, in my name? So luckily there was brandnew.co.uk was available. And I registered that in 2004, I believe. Um, I couldn't get brandnew.com because that was a chemical lab in America and still is. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I stuck with brand new purely because with a name like mine, I had... I mean, I don't want to be talking about prejudice or anything, but people don't know who you are because if you are, you know, Ian Paget or John Smith or you know, yeah, yeah, Mark Mark Wright, people know that you're English, but people are like, so are you Indian? Are you why are you, you know German or whatever? It's just mm. like I would have lots of people trying like trying to work me out, and I, I think at the beginning of my career, people I found it that it went slightly against me because yeah. I wasn't established as much. Whereas now I fully embraced it. And, and I had someone asking me after one of my talks in Amsterdam, like, no, if, it, if it's difficult or if it's not like what, what, what it's like to be not like a well, foreign national or wherever you are in the world and have yeah. not been from there. And I just feel, again, it's about that confidence because yeah, you can be you can be anyone anywhere and, and, and still be accepted. Like, you know, because it's it's actually about what we do and how we carry ourselves. So yeah, I found I found brand new at the beginning to be yeah, very good, very memorable. And again, it was one of my lucky decisions that I've made mm. that uh, I've stuck with uh, ever since. Mm, I, I I'm glad that you brought up the the whole thing of the name because I I do um, think a lot of the time you know when you're kind of creating a personal brand if if the domain's available it kind of makes sense to go for it but I I totally understand um, you know when when you have a, a a foreign name as you do that that's a little bit harder to know how to spell um, mm. or pronounce then it, it does make sense to to use something else because at the end of the day the the last thing you want is is for someone to sit at home and go I met that guy can't <laughs> work out how to spell his name you want people to easily be able yeah. to find you so I, I think it's good that you brought that up and I I, I really like your your backstory you got you kind of got something and you went with it and you stuck with it I, I, I really like yeah. that and, and your whole I logo just... you haven't you didn't put too much effort into it 
In fact, you don't really have one, do you? <laughs> no, I didn't really have one. I always just, I mean, I think my first logo was just tapped in Helvetica. I was obsessed with Helvetica. So that was, I mean, yeah, I used to print hoodies and through like a connection with the print shop people, I just used to print hoodies and stuff and it always say brand new. And and people would stop me like, hey, um, is that the uh, drum and bass label? Or I'm like, no, <laughs> it's my own company. And um, it, it was really interesting. And I think this, this goes back to this whole personal branding. Brand new is for me the most truest sense of word and the name for my company, for my agency than it has ever been. Because I like now that it's got the word brand in it and the word new, and it kind of really stands for creating new brands and creating, you know, new products. And so I kind of been all about innovations and, and I'm actually ch- ever changing sort of presence and looking for something that's, you know, that's not been done before or, or reinventing, you know, the, 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 the old cliches. And it, it wasn't, for example, like at the beginning, brand new was just something I like the sound of. Then it became my, that was my work for, was for many years about very colorful Photoshop illustrations and less design and more of, more of the colors and more of a sort of psychedelic kind of stuff. Mm. And through all this, again, through twists and turns, I now find myself gaining a lot of experience in different fields and, and different sort of ways and, and skill sets, which I now bring to actually building brands. And I just feel, again, that, that's just it's it's the the the, the personal branding is, is is isn't as linear as some might think you know it's it's literally of who we are that that that, that, that myriad and combustive sort of mixture of skills and knowledge that's what makes us us and now brand new actually stands for what I really wanted to stand for you know like yeah innovation. yeah it's ironic that it started off one way and now it turns around the brand new perfectly describes exactly what you're doing. <laughs> so I, I love that backstory because I, I literally thought <laughs> it came from the concept of you're creating new brands. So I, thanks for sharing that story. After 15 years, it finally is that. Yeah, after 15 years. <laughs> I just want to take a short break from the interview to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks who have been incredible by sponsoring the podcast and thanks to that I've been able to take time away from my client work so that I can put these shows together for you guys. So how can FreshBooks help you? It can help you quickly and easily create great looking invoices for your clients. When sending your invoice, FreshBooks can also show you when your client's actually seen your invoice so you know the real situation. The software will also send automated late payment reminders too so you don't need to send any of those awkward emails chasing your client's money. And it will also allow clients to make payments straight from the invoice. And that just makes your client's experience with you so much better. That's just a few of the great features in FreshBooks. So I highly recommend that you try out the free 30-day trial. Make sure to check it out. And you can do that just by heading over to freshbooks.com forward slash logogeek. And be sure to enter logogeek in the how did you hear about us section. Now let's get back to that interview. I want to steer the conversation in a slightly um, different direction because um, I've I've got both of your books and you've done 
so much work so it's quite clear that as an as an individual you're incredibly successful at attractive work because i know no matter how good you are if you if you don't have the capability to kind of market yourself there's no way that you're going to get those jobs and and so you're clearly doing something right so aside from being talented as you are what is it that you're doing or kind of what marketing advice can you give to listeners based on your experience so that we can kind of learn from you how you've been able to get those big clients that you have done right well now you're expecting me to say some big <laughs> okay so uh, maybe every yeah. monday <laughs> every monday i go to that place no i just i don't mean to sound sort of big and clever but i always as i told you at the beginning i always put emphasis on create honest work something that would really be um of good quality and making sure that you know it even if i was working for my soul i still wanted to satisfy the brief still want to satisfy uh the client objectives and more than anything in in this in this design game is is, is what is the, the quality when, when people when people can see that you producing really good stuff people will find it sooner or later people will find it it i I can honestly say I never got a job of an Instagram. <laughs> um, Instagram doesn't work for me. Um, I don't use Behance. I've got profiles on both, but I, um, yeah, I don't use Behance. Uh, I don't, I don't get work from it. I don't get work of Facebook. I all I've ever used since two thousand and four when I registered my website was my website. So I made sure that. Well, initially it was a lucky, not lucky, lucky haphazard uh, accident that. I had a very good SEO on my site, so people found me, and I think it was just a combination of I think the word brand helps, um, and yeah, I was it was because my work was a mixture of art direction and illustration and other things. There was always something for someone if they if they stumble across my website and they saw um, what I do, and if they understood it. I knew that I was already halfway. Obviously, the battle was half won, because if you got broad generic style, or if you try to play it safe, or if there's you know I don't know if there's holes in your portfolio that you've got projects that you, know, you didn't like doing and and you still put them in there, um, people kind of pick up on it. And I I have honestly say I can say that yeah, my my main emphasis is on my website. That still gets me. 50 to 60 percent of new work i since four years ago for what was it you know i'm trying to think how how long ago i published my book it was only two and a half years ago uh i found the books are good deal makers you know like if if someone gets in touch and i and i send them a book or you go to a meeting i give them a book it's a fantastic way of showing them what they call proof of work because i I don't believe in, even though I say the website is one of my main sources of work, I still love sending people the physical stuff because they can see what you've done and they can take time and they, they don't miss anything. So if I say, Hey, on page 171, there is something you need to see, or you can reference it's people got time, you know, the battery doesn't run out in a book. And that's the kind of thing I, um, 
I've got these two books now, but I've, I've been making brochures. I used to call them books because that was a fancy word, but I've been making brochures of my work and I've been sending them to people and making sure that people can find me, making sure that, you know, if I wanted to work with someone, I kind of, I, I, I kind of stayed that destiny in my direction. But I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I do anything out of ordinary. I just make sure that whatever's on my side is, is good. Um, the work that I create is enjoyable and, and it looks as best as possible. And um, I've been lucky to grow with some of my clients whom I worked with at, I don't know, let's say, I worked with uh, the Harry Potter the Harry Potter franchise. And that's, that's, that's for example, the, 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 the satellite office that I work with. is someone who I've worked with who, who runs that, 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 that office. I've, run, I've worked with them for, for the last almost 10 years. And it started very sort of innocently on, on a small project, but I, I, I'm kind of retained by different clients and helping them to grow their businesses and they do bigger and better things. And, and I'm lucky to, to have been there now for, for many years. Therefore, I'm an integral part of the team. So yeah, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's a lack of a Google draw and somebody you know, types in freelance designer and find me or sometimes... You know, it's it's something else, but yeah, unfortunately, there's no such there's no such sort of secret of what you have to be doing in terms of promoting yourself, because um, as you know yourself, like you stick with one strategy for a while and see if you can make it work, and if that's no, if that works for you, because again, one thing I've seen on again under some some of the forums when somebody said, well, I've given Instagram chance for two months and I've got no work from it, and I'm thinking. Well, what do you expect? <laughs> I mean, I've been on Instagram for six years and literally I had like one inquiry from it and that was a time-wasting inquiry. It's, we, we all believe that because everyone's somewhere that we should be doing the same, but I'm very happy to, 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 to prove the exception that you just, I'm focused on business. I'm focused on making this work. I'm focused on looking after my clients and that's what works. And of course, somebody says, well, well, you've been doing it for 15 years. How did you start? And I started making posters and flyers for the nightclubs where I used to DJ. And then I started doing their menus. And then that was seen by the, the restaurant next door. So I worked with a restaurant next door doing their flyers and their menus and their posters. And that got seen by someone who was having a lunch there. And they said, hey, well, I've got this company you know, who did your menus? And it just kind of, I just grew this very organically. I never, I never in a million years thought that, all right, I can be working a Nike campaign or I can be the lead artist for O2 or I can be, you know, developing products for Harry Potter stores. You know, it's, it's, this is all grown organically. And that's, that's how it all sort of started. So it, I, I started very, I would say modestly. I didn't have big expectations because I was happy doing what I was doing and I was always more focused on the job in hand rather than, you know, thinking what I'm not, who else I could be working with. So, mm. yeah. I'd say your approach is almost identical um, to a guy I interviewed uh, for the last season called Ben Lois. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I think that's how you say his surname. Mm, so. um, um, but basically he's um, worked for uh, Nike as well and, his approach is, is very much like yours. Like he likes sending people real things and he likes nurturing um, those relationships. So aside from 
um, you know, getting traffic through his his website, his focus is actually people and um, building those relationships. And it's kind of sounds like you've done a, a very similar thing to what he did. Yeah, I think I think I think it's 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 in the process because it's the design skill as such is one, but. The process, how do you approach your work? How do you speak about it? How do you sell it? How do you defend it? You know, like how do you, how do you make that connection is, is, is quite, quite staggering. And I had a conversation with one of the freelancers the other day because I've been lucky to get uh, BAFTA as a client. And we've been working for some of their, on some of their projects for the last couple of weeks. Well, actually, no, a couple of months. And it, it started that I, I, I did a free branding for a charity in Uganda the intern in Uganda in the charity went to work for a charity in London that charity in London was looking for a designer so she recommended me I worked for the charity and the contact who was senior in that department went to work for BAFTA and got me on board so it kind of like I have done really good what what I believe and what I was told we did a really good work for the for the charity and for everything they everything they needed and that contact went somewhere else and, and got me on board. So it wasn't hypothetically like someone from BAFTA found me, but, you know, like blind on my website, it was it was through contacts. And I know that that's what happens in the industry, that account handler, someone goes from one company to another and they bring their suppliers that they trust and they work with. So it's just that initial contact and that initial exchange that sometimes can be super valuable and, and to me, you know, sometimes the budgets are not the most biggest, the biggest, the biggest deciders. I just, if if we have a if we have an aligned um, vision with the client, or if we are equally excited of what can be done, again, that's half of the job done. But also, you kind of you building these sort of you building these inroads for future. And yeah, this project we've been well, this last couple of projects for BAFTA were some of the most enjoyable things ever because yeah. It's just, there's a lot of understanding and it wouldn't be possible just to have it you know f- from afresh yeah yeah i think you, you've offered some really good advice here because i think a lot of um designers are very fixated on social media today and they feel that they need yeah. to be posting on every single platform but like what you said you kind of just focused on one platform and building relationships and you know you haven't worried too much about all of these different platforms you've you've literally focused on one area made it work and you've been as successful as a result of that so I think that that's good um and I know another area that you've put a lot of energy into in the last couple of years is your books and I want to make sure that we spend some time to talk about those as well because uh, I think you sent a copy of your first one uh, about two years ago and you just released a second one and they're full of all of your work, which is, I, I have to say, I actually would go as far as saying I think it's some of the best work in the world. Um, some of the advice oh, wow. in there is incredible as well. So I, I do think it's very, very good. And um, yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of ask you, I mean, clearly these books are almost like a reflection of your career so far and all the advice that you kind of collected up. I wanted to ask you, what was it that drove you to put together those books in the first place? Well, if it wasn't for the birth of my first daughter, <laughs> I think I would be still sort of somewhere cobbling it, cobbling it together. I would still be sort of making notes. But um, as I mentioned earlier, when I when I started on my own, when I started brand new, 
I wanted to have something to, to hand, something to give to people, something that people can take away. And of course, this form of promotion is, 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 is hundreds of years old. Like people always had printed portfolios. People always had something physical. But in the advent of sort of internet and websites, people got somewhat a bit more slack. And, and there were people were showing off, in, especially in mid 2000s, people were showing off their flash coding skills and everyone had a flash preloaded intro. And it, it was like, yeah, it was a bit of a pissing contest. And I thought, well, I, I literally, I just coded my own website in, in Dreamweaver and that was it. But I wanted to have something physical. So I started making these brochures, stroke books, and there were 32 pages and 64 pages, and I, and I was selling them through my site. And lo and behold, people were actually buying them. And I thought, this is fun. Because the dopamine and that sort of that reassurance that you're doing something right comes through PayPal. You're like, oh, wow, people like my stuff. And I've created about three of these books, and they're very much sort of flip books, uh, with uh, flip books with just, just imagery and no, no text. Apart from one of the books, which had a little interview at the back, which I did, I think, for Istock Photo at that time. And a friend of mine called Luke, who, well, he's, friend, he's my friend now, but he start, well, we started, started as a sort of client-customer uh, client um, um, situation. And he told me, hey, I really liked the, um, one of the books because there was something about you, like something that you, no, I've, I've learned something about you rather than just your work. And I mean, this is a very rudimentary piece of information, but I thought maybe, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll actually write something about my process, about how, you know, who I am or kind of a bit of a sort of commentary on the industry. Um, around the same time, I was invited to do my first sort of design talk. I went to Montreal. My friend Francois invited me and I went there. And it was it was nerve-wracking experience. I was just, I was at that, at that time, I was going through a bound of, sort of anxiety and panic attacks and I was overworked. I've done too much, you know, I've done, I've, I looked, I looked after myself very little, uh, but I looked after my business much more. So I was just, just totally crazy tired, but I did it. I did the talk. It went really well. And I, I mentioned quite a few processes that apply in my work. And I got incredible amount of questions afterwards saying, can you tell me more about, X, Y, Z, or this and that. And it gave me an idea to make notes of these questions and kind of start to be more analytical about the process of how we, how we create work. So I, as a, as a sort of designer and branding designer, <clears throat> as an illustrator, you know, um, our director, kind of, I've realized that the skill set we have in Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator, or Sketch now, or whatever, Figma now, it's, they are really just the 15% of, no doubt that you're sort of finessing at the top of what you, who you are as a person because I've drawn more upon my uh, economic background or my interest in psychology or behavioral science or anthropology. I've drawn so much more influence and inspiration from that work that's kind of went into my design process more than design tutorials. I, you know, I've, I've done them like everybody else, but kind of found myself having a barrier because I couldn't see myself getting the work past the post. You know, I, I'd realized that there was this work that 50% of the work comes back um, and client bounce it back and they say, well, that's not what we wanted. And I'm thinking, 
well, wait a minute, this is like the 20th time and somebody said this is not what we wanted? Well, there must be a better way of dealing with design briefs than just not just getting, not just trusting people's word and then <laughs> trusting people's word and then kind of go with it. So it's, yeah, through the, through the question of the process and seeing how I can make this stuff better, I've been making notes in my phone for about four or five years. Just making notes, making notes, and tried to have a couple. Of, I had a couple of false starts when I, I thought, right, I'm sitting down, I'm going to make the book, I'm going to make the book, and and it kind of failed. And as soon as I've realized that, you know, I'm going to, be, I'm going to become a dad, we'll be parents, I knew that the clock was ticking, and I wrote, which kind of expanded on my notes, and realized that since my sort of little sort of self-publishing experience gave me sort of an insight of like how I can design book, how I can get it printed, there's only very few other steps that you need to complete to get your book to market. So I didn't have time to wait. I didn't have time. I didn't have time to wait for a publishing contract, which would never come or in a publishing deal because, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't spend years and years on a speaking circuit trying to, to speak to everyone. So uh, in that respect, to, pub- to publishing houses, I'm, I'm still quite unknown. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge this model of, of, of publishing. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to complete everything in three months. I'm going to put book to, my book on Amazon, then have a baby and, and see what happens next. And what happened next was quite crazy because I never thought that the book would really sell. I mean, I just I just wanted to have something for myself, kind of like accomplishment of of the years that you no, know, the first book was I mean, let's say put together from four or five years worth of portfolio. The latest book is put together from eighteen months worth of work. You know, it's 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 a different story, but I yeah, I just kind of wanted to have a closure of certain era of my work of certain way of thinking, of certain way of approaching design work. And yeah, I just only could, what, what I did, I wrote about what I know. I didn't try to be big or clever. I've stayed away from the design bullshit, you know, of the big words like leverage and sustainability and that kind of stuff. I'm like, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. Because I like that, the sort of the simplicity. You mentioned earlier that, you know, the people understand your brand and, I like a branding because it's simple. You know, people can understand it. There's no, you know, you're direct. And that's kind of what, what I wanted to do with my books. I just wanted to make it really simple. So uncomplicated, very simple, very straightforward, and just give people a simple understanding of the point I was trying to make. So I printed a thousand copies, um, thinking I'll be all right for, a, for about a year. <laughs> and uh, those thousand copies sold out in three weeks. So... It was a lucky strike because I can you know, correct all the typos, <laughs> finish some other things and kept printing books and people kept buying them. I mean, I was lucky because I put the book on Amazon and the book, pretty much Amazon made my title. I I didn't have a network of distributors. I didn't have a network of my, my, not marketeers or salespeople. I did everything on my own and I still made it happen. I still managed to get the book to be a bestseller in, in the graphic design category for quite a while. I mean, I think it was about 18 months that the orange tab stayed next to my book. And that was thanks to people who bought and who, who bought it because I didn't create something like kind of that would just sort of blend in with the design, not a graphic design shelf. 
I've created a book that's got fashion pattern on, not fashion design pattern on the cover. And the title's tiny, you know, it's, 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 it's very much the, like the opposite of the logic of how to publish books. But I knew that I was not, I was not creating this to be a, a commercial success. I mean, for me, it was just like, okay, let's have a closure of, you know, a few years of work, write what I can write mainly for myself. So I don't forget it because we are as humans quite beautifully stupid and making the same mistakes over and over again. So I thought, let's, let's just do that for myself and, and share it with people who might care. And been lucky that the book have not well, the first book has sold 10,000 copies and keeps selling. And I tell you what, I, I never thought I would be making any books after that because it was quite a crazy process because obviously it was so hectic and, and, and sort of <laughs> compact sort of, sort of pressed together. Um, and sort of like as a sort of condensed time and effort that I was like, you know what, never again. And after a few months of the book being published, people started asking like, so are you working on the next one? Are you not? Is the next book in the work? I'm like, well, as it happens, I've got like seven or eight chapters I didn't put in the first book. Maybe I can expand or maybe I can do a Kindle edition. And somebody said, Designers don't read Kindle books. You know, it, it needs to be volume two. <laughs> and that, that's what it was. I, I started, I literally, I wrote another, I don't know, 60 or 70 notes of the chapters I could have in the new book. I had them on my phone for about a year. I expanded on them, then started writing. And as soon as, you know, as, as I kept writing, 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 and... as soon as that was ready for copy edits, I just sort of looked at my piece, look at my work, Realized that there should be enough to fill another 256 pages with words, not text and words, um, and just went for it because there was a demand, and that was one of the sort of the the, the, the reasons why I've I've published another book because people asked for it. Yeah, I, I know. Um, like when I first flipped through your book, I got quite a few um, graphic design related books. Um, to be honest, a lot of mine are, are logo design books, and I, I tend to look through them and you know, I I know how to do everything in there, if that makes sense. If I needed to recreate them, I could. But when I look through yours, damn, some of that work is so good. And, and uh, you know, there's there's a few pages I flagged up. It's like, how the hell did you do that? Um, it's very inspiring. And, you know, you know, I've, I've been a graphic designer now for over 10 years. And it's nice to have a book like that where I can open it and go like, okay, I got that same drive that I had when I first started where it's like, I don't know how you did that. And I want to find out, you know, whether you did it with 3d software, whether you did it, you know, um, you know, as a 2d painting or what, but I, I, for me personally, I find the work in there is incredible. It's a great benchmark. Um, I like to keep books that are benchmark and, and that is, like I said already, I do think it's some of the best graphic design work I've seen. So it's good benchmark work. And also, I like it that, um, I would be honest, I haven't read the book front to back, but I like it that every time I pick it up, you've got sections in there where you've wrote like a story and you can kind of just read that page and learn something every time you kind of read through it. Um, and I like that about the book. And, you know, obviously having both. I don't think we've said what the book is called. They're both called Book of Ideas, Volume 1 and Volume 2. <laughs> um, and they're yeah, on Amazon. That, that but help. yeah, I mean, for me personally, I, just based on physically flicking through the work, I think it's um, worth getting just for that. And um, obviously, you've 
crammed it full of advice as well and it's a really i think it's a winning combination and uh i i sense that there are still more books in you <laughs> um that that yeah there are more books already i mean this time the the, the experience wasn't as traumatic well there was actually I actually really yeah, enjoyed it good. um yeah i really actually I, I, I loved it and it's for me it's, it's this sense of trying things that i haven't done before like what what else is next like what can i have a go at what can i try what 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 is that sort of i would say stigma what is that taboo that you know design like should designers code well no why <laughs> should designers write what why no should, should writers design no <laughs> but it's just i love this i love this ability of just going well i'll give you a try if i'm rubbish at it i'll just stop yeah. you know and that that's what it is and Luckily, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the, the your English readers will say, "Well, your grammar's terrible," and I know that even after twenty years, because my brain works in a strange ways. But there's copy editors, you know. Like, I mean, you can be you can be fantastic art director, but you don't you don't even have to draw, you know. Like, you you can work with people who will help you make things happen. And this is it. Like when when I was a commercial illustrator. I let's say I have a go-to style and then I was asked for something that I've never had even idea how to make. And people say, can you make this? And I worked it out. Like you're kind of, you, we are using the same tools. We are using the same language. We are using the same software. Things are literally just at the tip of your sort of curiosity. Like we can actually do things that we never thought we could. And that's why I started making books. So yeah, it was just to satisfy literally, like I, I felt I had something to say. And I validated that concept on a stage at various design festivals. And when I knew that that worked, then I, I just I just did it. So I'm, 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 it makes me happy to hear that you like the work. And most of it is done with you know, Cinema 4D and Photoshop. And that's pretty much it. I mean, some vectors in Illustrator and most of it, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's, I believe it's quite staggeringly simple. It's just that what is the what I call like the visual storytelling, like what do you decide decide to say? And my the books are titled Book of Ideas because one of my titles before was called Book of Colors because it was all very much about visual style and, you know, combative sort of amazing colors. Um, but I find myself needing a little bit more because um, just like I see logo designers who I call it, if in doubt, try every style, you know, like, Oh, I'm doing a work mark, word mark for this and that. I'm like, why are you doing 20 different assets? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why? No, no one needs that. If you were to put yourself in that in that driving seat and say, like, okay, so why is the logo going to be used? How are they going to use it? Like, what are they going to do with it? You actually get an idea of how to tell a story. So, some of these projects in in the book they are just a product of like a one logo route, but that logo is behind, let's say, two or three weeks of, of searching and 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 debates and 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 you know re research and art direction proposals. That's when the work then can start. So I have done everything in my powers and in my abilities to make the process of creating things enjoyable. Because why would you why would you want to struggle? Why would you want to have you no know, work rejected? And that this is literally it was about his con conscious decision, like how can I be better? So just like a Usain Bolt, who is a product of 25 different sports scientists and physios and stuff, they, they've, well, he's, he knows the way how to run that 100, well, 100, I was going to say 100 miles, crikey, uh, 100 meters the best way possible because he knows about 
all sorts of other things that make him great away from you know, from from the truck, and that's that's what it is. So when you come to create work, you are a product of your experiences, and that's why when it came to making the book, I making the proper books, I was like, well, it's a book of ideas, and that's what it is because every page and every single thing that there is one clear idea behind it. There's one something that makes it gives it a reason to exist, and yeah, I just kind of I just went with that title because it was broad and and I like that it didn't promise anything. As in, you know, when you buy a book on grid systems or typography, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't be talking about anxiety and mental health because you would be slightly surprised. Whereas I decided to give the book um, a journal sort of category or like put in journal category because I can only tell you what I've lived, I can only tell you what I've done, what I've learned from what I want to do more of and what I want to do less of. But also I've opened up the whole sort of third section of the book to uh, the mind section through my sort of interest in psychology and mindfulness and meditation. It was just like, hey, we all feel that somebody somewhere who's on a stage or he's on a front page of, I don't know, a design magazine, I'm sure they've got it all worked out. I'm just not, it should be all easy. But the truth is, we are all broken. We are like, no, no one's perfect. Like we all get struggles. We all get things that, you know, bring us, bring us down and things that stops us from, from achieving the, you know, the things that we want, always wanted to achieve. And I think it's very important to share that because I, I share it on the stage with people. I'm being very honest about it. And yeah, and I wish I knew much, much earlier in my life how to deal with these things. Because when you, when you have a struggle, even if, if it's a confidence struggle, it's just telling people like, hey, I actually struggled with this. Because before you say it, you feel very lonely. You feel very much like you're the only person with the struggle. But once you open up and say, actually, I've got fear of this. And I've got, you know, let's say, I've got fear of public speaking. I've got fear of heights. I've got fear of failure. When you tell people and they say, well, so do I. And it's yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, you, you've got something in common. And that's, that's what very much I feel like in the industry where we are. It's important to say that, the industry is not made up of like superhuman robots who can deliver all the time. Everyone breaks the same. And that's what I felt it was important to mention in the book. So I tried to sort of match it up with the appropriate types of work. And I've added case studies in, in the second book just to kind of show how the, the, the philosophy and the process kind of actually is then trickled down into real projects, like how, how they were got done. I feel like we could talk for another few hours, but I'm conscious of uh, time. So I want to ask you one kind of last closing question and maybe I can get you on again okay. in the future because there's so many other topics that we could talk about. We can do here. this weekly if you want. <laughs> yeah, we probably could. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, so as, as one kind of last closing question, if you could offer just one piece of advice for listeners who are working on their personal brand, what would that piece of advice be? Um take your time take your time i mean it's the world's not going anywhere i mean it's a bit broken <laughs> and it might it might warm up a little bit um but I, I, as i said i'm sure through through quite a few of these answers earlier it's i think it's the output that um makes us who we are what we stand for because i think lots of people are focused on them being or trying to build a brand around just themselves. But, you know, 
Michael Jackson didn't become Michael Jackson until he had you no know, best-selling albums. Like that's when the brand started, you know. Um, who else? I mean, there's this this other like examples. Like you become you become known for a body of work. You become someone. If you're known for who you are, then you're just a sort of pointless celebrity. You know, like you don't you just you just go on on superficial looks and and happy accidents. Whereas it's it's that. There is, there is. It's okay to take time and and build your career. And I know of some amazing designers who barely make it onto Instagram or even Behance, who are fantastic people who, who do really good work. And they are, you know, it's it's all about that honesty of what you're creating and why you're creating it. Because then you become that something. Then you become that specialist. Then you become that someone known for something interesting. And you. You've got that sort of those layers underneath the brand or behind that logo or behind that sort of portfolio cover. And I think that's important because initially, like every designer will have a sort of, will have their lucky strike and they'll create a logo or a campaign that will be great. But then you can't match it. You know, like it's, it's, it, the, the following work is, is not, it's not hitting the mark. And that's the problem, right? It's just like when you consistently deliver. I don't know. I was going to say album after album, but if you deliver all the time, I was thinking of Coldplay for some reason, but no, terrible example. But they could certainly deliver and deliver. You know, like it's 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 just it's just a product of knowledge of like how can you deliver that good stuff again? And so yeah, I, I, I like. I have to say, I would have been super intimidated to be a, a novice designer now because. The place out there is a Disneyland. Like, I mean, you've got 3D, 2D, and we've got animation. You've got all sorts of prototyping tools. And I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I would not know, person. Like, where is the corner of the creativity where I can start? Because everything seems amazing. Everyone's posting every day. You know, everyone's doing things, and it just feels like shit. This isn't. This is an intimidating place. But it's okay to spend a few, you know, a few years in an agency, get some good experience look into like how other people do it, collaborate with people, be open, go to festivals, talk to people, ask questions. Now, even if, if it feels like the most horrifying thing to be asking questions to like a well-known speaker or, or someone in the industry, contact everyone. People are, now there's, I, I just seen so many egos in the industry some 10, 15 years ago and those kind of sort of, they disappeared and you get people who are like, even if you email Paula Cher, she will reply to you. You know, like if you email Kane Moros, if you email Aaron Draplin, I mean, people will reply to you because people want you to succeed and to do things again really well. So take time, you know, grow your confidence, even if necessary, if it's hard, and just carry on because once you're ready, the world will tell you. You don't, you don't find out yourself. The world will tell you that you're ready for bigger things and that you know you are someone who people can mm. understand. Fantastic advice. I mean, I would say throughout this whole episode, I, I appreciate your honesty and transparency um, with your story. And I, I think that's the kind of transparency that people need to hear, you know, so they don't need to start panicking about what they're doing. They can just put something out and kind of start to find who they are. So, um, yeah, brilliant stuff. Yeah. Now, I've got to say thank you thank so you. much for being an amazing guest. Um, you know, it's an honor to have had you on the show. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. Well, what a good episode. I, th I think we could have spoke for an, uh, a number of hours after that. So Radim, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story and, you know, just for being totally honest. It was 
it was really good to hear. Now if you're keen to learn more about Radim, you can find him at brandnew.co.uk and that's new spelled N-U. For links to Radim's books, sites, social platforms, as well as a full transcription of, of the interview, you can head over to the show notes for this episode, which you can find at logogeek.uk forward slash 3.6. Now, if you're keen to chat about this episode with Radim, myself and over 5,000 other logo designers from around the world, make sure you join the Logo Geek community on Facebook and you can find it just by heading over to logogeek.uk forward slash community. Now, thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this valuable and I look forward to seeing you next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek podcast. 